Y'all go ahead and grab a seat. Y'all doing okay? Yeah, man, I'm super pumped y'all are here. My name is Brandon. I'm the college pastor here at The Journey at Southcrest. And we're glad you guys are, I'm going to kick my water bottle. We're glad y'all are here to worship with us. How, how has Welcome Week been? Pretty good? Yeah, and so LCU, we have a few LCU. I know there's a huge event at LCU tonight, so some of our LCU students are not here with us, but shout out to Autumn and Olivia for coming out anyways. <laughs> Man, glad you guys are here. We're going to have an awesome time together um, studying God's Word and worshiping a little bit. So my wife, Lauren, she, you guys, have y'all seen her this week push, pushing the twins in the stroller? That if you, some of y'all know who she is already, but if, if you don't know, that's, that's my wife, Lauren. So we met, yeah, <laughs> she's pretty hot, just saying. <laughs> we, uh, we met back in 2010, right after I graduated college, and so we met in May, and uh, that December, actually I should say that following January, so January 2011, I remember it was, I guess like two or three days after New Year's, and I was fixing to, I was living in Fort Worth, Texas at the time, going to a seminary, but she was still in Jacksonville, Florida. We dated like four years long distance. And uh, I was fixing to go back to Fort Worth to go back to school. And I remember I was at her house, her parents were there and everything kind of hanging out. And that night before I left, I was like, tonight's the night. Not going to pop the question. A little premature maybe, but six months in. But I was like, I'm going I'm to tell her I love her. Like, just by the way, if you notice this about dating, and if you don't know, I'm going to go ahead and help you out. Almost every person you date, unless it's just like a really, really, they're like just a horrible person, probably at some point you're going to feel like, this is the one. <laughs> I'm just telling you. But with her, like, at this point, I was, I was 24 at the time, and I was like, man, I, I feel very confident. I'm going to tell her I love her. I think this is going somewhere. So I told her that night that I loved her, and uh, it was a little bit of a letdown because she didn't say it back. <laughs> <All right. laughs> but at the same time, I also knew the kind of girl that Lauren was, and I respected that, the fact that she um, was not just going to say it. So I could tell by her reaction that she was, you know, she was into me, you know what I'm saying? But she just wasn't quite ready to tell me she loved me. Um, so let's fast forward. That was January. Let's fast forward to kind of the end of February. She had come out to Fort Worth to visit me, and she was fixing to go to Spain on a three-month mission trip to Sevilla. I met someone the other day who had been in Sevilla. I can't remember who it was. Anyways, um, but she was fixing to leave, and so we had gone on a date to downtown Fort Worth, Sundance Square. Some of y'all know where that's at if you've been to Fort Worth much. And so we're walking around. I think we went to uh, Cantina Laredo, and that was before we had one in Lubbock, so it was really cool back in the day. And so uh, we had gone to dinner, and we're walking around, and all of a sudden she says, hey, let's, let's go this route around the square. And it hit me. I was like, I know where she's taking me. She's taking me to this spot, I think it's like in front of a jewelry store or something, where there's a, this like old-timey clock out, well, it looks old-time anyways, this old-timey clock out on the sidewalk, which was where several months prior to that, when actually I'd moved to Fort Worth and she'd helped me with my family, I had kissed her, which don't ask her about that because she says it was painful and way too aggressive for the first kiss. <laughs> but anyways, I'm like, man, she's taking me back to that clock. I think she's going to tell me she loves me. I'm like, let's go, bro. Like, this, this is it. So we're walking. I kind of like, what's up? What's up, y'all? <laughs> I'm feeling good. So we get, we get to this spot, and right as she, she kind of stops. I'm like, this is it. It wasn't like cheesy. It was just right. She's, she's fixed to kind of like lead into telling me she loves me. And about that time, it seems like this joker came out of nowhere. This dude walks up. And I don't mean this degrading at all, I promise. I'm just, this is just this, the true story. It was a homeless man who we want to care for. I actually met a buddy, uh, Kevin, the other day. We're going to be talking about that more in the coming weeks, hopefully. But this homeless man 
um, came up who was slightly intoxicated, and he starts talking to us. And if, well, hopefully, once you get to know me, like I really, I'm, I think I'm pretty generous. I'm a pretty loving person. But in my head, I'm going, dude, leave us alone. <laughs> like, my girlfriend is fixing to tell me she loves me. Like, but he's just like, ah, what's up, guys? And, I, and like trying to talk. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And he, it's one of those where like, you, you can't stop him from talking. You know, you, we, like, people who aren't intoxicated do that, right? Like, where you're just like, if I could just interrupt him for a half a second, I would tell them to please stop talking, right? So he keeps going and going and going. And finally, I don't normally, this is like, I think this is a bad way to try to help homeless people. But in my head, I'm like, I just, I just want to hear her say she loves me. Like, I need a, I need a DTR, right? Like, I need to, some uh, affirmation here. So I just need to hear that she, she loves me. So I pull out my wallet, and I decide I'm just going to give, just give him some cash, which, again, I don't think is the most effective way to, uh, to help homeless folks. But I was just like, I'm just going to give him some cash so, so he'll leave us alone. Well, the funny thing is I gave him some cash, and he just kept talking. <laughs> so I give him some cash. He, kept, he keeps talking. Finally, I'm like, okay, man, well, I'm like, man, I think, I think we're going to get going now. And he says, he looks at me, he looks at her, and he says, this came from nowhere. He says, looks at her, my wife, Lauren, he says, now listen, when you get home, kick him in the beep. <laughs> I'm your pastor, so I can't say what he said, but you know what he said. And I'm like, what was that about? He just walks off. <laughs> but the funny thing is, after he left, what I thought would happen, it happened. <laughs> she, she told me. She loved me. Now, let, let me ask. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just took her a few months to figure it out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, to, like, to, be, to be sure. Now, let me, let me ask you. Sorry, Angel. I'm having a lot of trouble. I shouldn't take my wallet out. Let me just spill it on the floor or something. <laughs> this is a struggle bus right now. Does it mean my pants are too tight if I can't get my wallet out? I think so. <laughs> Anyways. Let me ask you. This is serious. It's not a rhetorical question. We don't have many rhetorical questions around here. Why was that such a big deal for me to hear her say it back? Is this a hard question? <laughs> it's important. Come on. I want to know we're on the same page. What else? Confidence. Yeah, it kind of boosted. Yeah, I want to hear like, yeah, for sure, that she feels the same way I do. Yeah, she knows she loves me. I know, yeah, she knows. I know that she loves me. So hey, here's the deal. We all, in a relationship, we, we want that affirmation, right, that we're on the same page. It, it's kind of a, I mentioned it earlier, we have it on the screens. It's a DTR. What does that mean? Define the relationship, right? So there's, there are a lot of, like, words, actions, images that you could use to, to define a relationship, right? So maybe it's, maybe it's some roses. Maybe it is just saying I love you. Maybe some of you guys tonight are going to pull a Michael Scott and later on be like, Brandon, I want to make a mixtape. That says two things. One, welcome to Lubbock. And two, I love you. <laughs> like, 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 which don't do that. It's a bad idea. But yeah, we, <laughs> there's lots of ways to kind of to try to express a DTR or to, 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 to define a relationship. So here's, here's a question I have. Now, this, I don't want you to answer this um, out loud. And I want you to think about it, though. If you were to sit down tonight... Maybe in the chair you're in right now. And you were to have a DTR with God, what would that look like? I, I know lots of us uh, in this room maybe are just here. I, I'm not hating. I'm glad you came. Maybe like, 
you came uh, just for Chick-fil-A, and that's totally cool. I'm glad you're in here. <laughs> um, maybe you've been a Christian for a long time. Maybe this is brand new to you. Maybe uh, you're fired up about God. I, I, I don't know. Um, so maybe you wouldn't even say you feel like you have any kind of relationship with God. So then your DTR would be like, like we're nothing, right? But what, what's your, if you had to have a DTR with God, what would that look like? Maybe it would be, hey, like, this is cool now. I like being friends now. And maybe one day we'll be something, but just not right now. <laughs> or maybe it would be, you know, I, was, I thought I was interested, but the more I've been around you, God, like, you're kind of weird, so I'm going to take a step back. <laughs> or maybe it's a, um, uh, as uh, my, my boy Alvin says, the FWB, like, God, I like you, but let's keep it out of friends with benefits things, right? <laughs> like, like, I just like what you give me. So we'll just kind of keep it still at a distance. What's your relationship with God like? It's really cool. There's this book in the Bible called Hosea. And hey, it's a really difficult book to find. So there's no shame in using your table of contents or pulling out your phone and like however you need to find it. But if you have your Bible or your phone that has a Bible, I'm going to invite you to turn there to the book of Hosea. The book of Hosea. We're going to be in chapter 1 in just a moment. Hosea was a prophet. What is a prophet? A prophet was someone uh, that God used to speak to his people. And sometimes he would use them to speak to, to other people that didn't know who he was, that didn't know him. But primarily, a prophet was to speak God's message to God's people. And that's what Hosea was. He, he was a prophet. Um, again, yeah, uh, no shame in using your table of contents if you need help finding the book of Hosea. But it's interesting, God used Hosea to give his people, the Israelites, to give them kind of a picture that was like a DTR. So let me say this real quick. If I'm honest, I really feel like this message and really this passage is directed towards, it's really kind of written for what we would say people who are believers, using our terms today, Christians, people who are followers of Jesus Christ. It's written for God's people. So perhaps... You call yourself a Christian tonight, perhaps this could be a DTR from God to you tonight. And if you're, you're not a Christian, I still hope that you'll like really lean into this because here's the truth. I think the, the what I keep calling it DTR, the Jose, that God used Hosea to give us tonight in this passage is actually ultimately in the end, you'll see, gives us a really beautiful and clear picture of what Christianity is all about. A word that you might hear us say sometimes is the gospel, what the gospel, what Christianity is all about. So I, I hope that even if you're not a believer, and maybe you grew up in church, and this is kind of a joke, I'm going to challenge you to lean in to hear what Christianity is all about. Because honestly, if you call yourself a Christian, but you kind of think it's all a joke, then you probably don't get it. I'm just being honest. If you were to have a DTR, Christians, with God, would he say something like this to you? Hosea chapter 1, verse 2. When the Lord first spoke through Hosea, the Lord said to Hosea, Go, take to yourself a wife of whoredom, and have children of whoredom, for the land commits great whoredom by forsaking the Lord. So he went and took Gomer, the daughter of, I'm going to say Diblam, I'm not really sure, <laughs> Diblam, and she conceived and bore him a son. What in the world? <laughs> what a way to start a book of the Bible. God tells a prophet, Hosea, hey, Go marry a prostitute. What the? 
go marry a prostitute. Why does he tell him to marry a prostitute? The answer is in verse 2. It says, for the land commits great whoredom by forsaking the Lord. God's people had forsaken the Lord. And we know by the illustration he gives, forsaken meaning they didn't love him like they were supposed to. So God says, Hosea, you go marry Gomer, a prostitute. The book of Hosea, you could say, is kind of the way we should interpret it, interpret it is as answering the riddle of why in the world God would tell a godly man who is a prophet to go and marry a prostitute. And it's really, really simple. God is giving us a picture, perhaps, for you tonight, of what your relationship with him is like. Hosea represented God, and Gomer represents God's people. So here's what God is saying. And this is just blunt, but be honest, Hosea is pretty blunt, so we're going to be blunt. God's saying, you know what? In this relationship, technically, yeah, we're still in a relationship, but it's like I'm a godly, faithful, loving, committed husband, and it's like you're a whore. I am devoted and all into you, and I've given you my whole heart, and I was like, you can give a rip about me. You're just always looking for the next greatest and latest or whatever it is to fill your life rather than being satisfied in me. He says, I'm like a faithful husband, and you're like a whore. The people had, instead of finding their satisfaction and joy in God, they began to try to find satisfaction and delight in other things. And they were still doing some of the religious ritual and activity, but they weren't finding their greatest delight and love in God. Beyond that, they weren't, instead of turning to God for, for, their, um, for their deliverance, for their hope, for their provision, they were turning to other things, to other nations to provide for them. Whatever, so they would, the people would do whatever it took to get provision from someone or something else rather than just trusting and being faithful to God. They were worshiping another God called Baal. And you may say, well, that was them. That's not us. <laughs> Probably not so different, actually. Now, I recognize you probably don't have, I'm going to guess, I could be wrong, but it's likely you don't have some sort of like idol or shrine in your dorm, and if your roommate does, just like play it cool, okay? <laughs> but you may not have that, but what is it that consumes your thoughts? What is it that you feel like you just have to have, and if you don't have it, you're going to die, <laughs> What is it that you love and think about the most? What is it that you feel like you just have to, you have to have, you, you want to live for it because if you don't have it, your life will mean nothing. Maybe it's a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Maybe it's a certain popularity status. Maybe it's, okay, I'm going to do what, literally whatever I have to do to fit in. Maybe that's, that's your idol. Maybe it's just your image. Maybe it's what people think about you. Maybe it's something as silly. Now I love sports. I love ESPN. Maybe like literally your God is like your, the ESP, ESPN app on your phone. I don't know. What is it that has your heart? I'm going to guess that we're not so different from the people of Israel, even as, as believers today. That we may say, yeah, we're in a relationship with God. But in reality, we love so many other things so much more than him. And God's saying, hey, I'm being a faithful husband. What in the world are you doing? 
something like a prostitute, giving yourself to anything else that you think will satisfy you just a little tiny bit. What are you doing? He goes on to kind of further give a DTR, and he gives some pictures. So he's going to bless Hosea and Gomer with children, and God gives them names to help further explain kind of, hey, here's what the relationship is like. And he says, and the Lord said to him, so again, they, uh, Homer and Hosea, excuse me, Gomer and Hosea had a son, and the Lord said to him, call his name Jezreel, for in just a little while I will punish the house of Jehu for the blood of Jezreel, and I will put an end to the kingdom of the house of Israel, and on that day I will break the bow of Israel in the valley of Jezreel. So quickly, Jezreel was a place that would, was historically known at that time for bloodshed, murderous, violent bloodshed. God was saying, look, what you've been doing is messed up, and there will be consequences. There will be punishment. God is not okay with who are supposed to be his lovers just running around acting like whores on him, right? God doesn't want employees. God wants faithful lovers. He just doesn't want you carrying some burden, just doing what you have to. No, he wants you to be all in and love with him. And when you don't do that, say, hey, there's consequences. Verse 6, she conceived again and bore a daughter. And the Lord said to him, call her name No Mercy, for I will no more have mercy on the house of Israel to forgive them at all. But I will have mercy on the house of Judah, and I will save them by the Lord their God. I will not save them by bow or by sword or by war or by horses or by horsemen. Verse 8. When she had weaned no mercy, she conceived and bore a son. And the Lord said, call his name not my people, for you are not my people and I am not your God. So technically, they were still in covenant and still had a relationship with him. But he's saying, it's like I don't even know you. You're not my people. I'm not your God. We don't even know each other anymore. That's how broken the relationship is. Again, I'm a faithful husband. You're acting like a whore. There's no relationship. A great way to ruin a relationship is to treat your significant other like the flavor of the month. That doesn't go real well, right? God doesn't like it either. God, Sunday or it's... it's for us here next week, Tuesday night gathering, I'm, I'm all in. But then the rest of the time, I'm going to go and do whatever I flip and want. <laughs> God's not cool with that. Are you in a relationship with God that could be pictured as him being a faithful husband and you as a whore? David's going to come up, our worship leader, wherever there he is, um, and as part of, we're not quite done with the message, but as part of the message, he is going to sing a song that I want you to hear and listen to as kind of a confession as a believer. And this may not be you tonight. I'm not, I don't want to accuse you of being this, but I want you to think about it. Again, if you were to have a DTR with God tonight, would this song fit you? Would it describe where you're at with God. See, adultery is giving something that you committed to your spouse to taking that and giving it to someone else or even something else. <laughs> so spiritual, spiritual adultery is done when you 
say, hey, I, I know I've committed my life and my love to Jesus, but instead of giving it to him, I'm going to go and give it to all these other things and just treat my relationship with him flippantly. Are you committing spiritual adultery? Is this you? We're going to have the words on the screen. I don't want you to necessarily sing. I just want you to just listen and consider. I am 
Put you on just like a wedding dress and run down the aisle. I run down the aisle. I'm a prodigal with no way home. I put you on just like a ring of gold. Run down the aisle. I run down the aisle. Cause I am a whore, I do confess. I put you on just like a wedding dress. Run down the aisle, run down the aisle. I'm a prodigal, no way home. Put you on just like a ring of gold. Run down the aisle, run down the aisle to you. Why was God, why is God so upset with us when we run to other things? It's not because he's a jerk. It's because he loves you. And because he loves you, he wants your heart. If my wife were to cheat on me, I would lose my mind and probably kill someone. The, well, the name of the guy. <laughs> Not because I'm a jerk, but because I love her. And I would get furious about it because my love is deep. And she would say the same thing, and that's why the thought of it scares me to death, because she would kill me first. <laughs> Not because she's mean, but because she loves me. Rylan, if you got that picture, I'm not putting that up. These are some of our newest college students. <laughs> Just kidding. So this is... Ray and Joanne Estel. This was at Senior Adult Game Night, which uh, some of you, if you ever want to go hang out with senior adults and get a bunch of good free fried chicken, this is the place to be. But a couple years ago, Ray had invited the pastors to go dove hunting with him. So we went dove hunting and as normally, I did pretty terrible. I think it's because Lauren, every time I go dove hunting, prays that I will not kill any innocent little birds. But <laughs> anyways, about a year later, after he had, I'd met Ray, um, and we had done that, I was doing some hospital visits, and I didn't recognize the name Joanne um, Estel at first, but I walked in the room, I immediately recognized Ray, and then saw his wife, Joanne, sitting in the hospital bed. And when I walked in, I got to pray with them, talk with them, and Ray was very, both of them were very optimistic about, she was fixing to have a procedure, I think the next day she would have a procedure, very optimistic, it was all going to be good. Um, so it was kind of a, a happy, lighthearted hospital visit. Well, she had the procedure, I believe, like I said, it was the next day, and I'm not sure what happened, but something did not go right, and about a week later, his wife 
sweet Miss Little Joanne passed away. And I remember it was probably about two or three weeks after that. I was coming in. This used to be our main worship center before we had that one. And I was, I was coming here to do something. I think I was preaching that Sunday morning. It doesn't matter. Anyways, I was coming in right down this little aisle right here. And Mr. Ray was sitting maybe about, uh, maybe about where Jumi is, actually, yeah. Maybe a little more on the edge. <laughs> but I saw Mr. Ray, and that was the first time I'd seen him since his wife had passed away. And so as I walked up, he was just kind of sitting by himself, kind of with his head down. So I walked up and just kind of put my hand on his back and said, Mr. Ray, how, how you doing? I heard about Miss Joanne, brother. I, I'm so sorry. How you doing? And he put his head back down began to cry and he said I miss her I miss her he did not miss well I'm sure he missed her cooking but that wasn't what he was really worried about he did not necessarily miss maybe what she might have bought him or what she might have said to him or even done for him he missed her being with her. Because it's not about the things just that you do for each other. It's about being with the person, about having the person's heart. He said, I miss her. Y'all, when we sin as Christians and, to, and run to things other than God, it's like you kill the relationship. It's almost like you die in the relationship. You, maybe you're still, you're still in a relationship with God, but it's, you might as well be dead because you're, you're killing it. And God's saying, I miss you. <laughs> I care about you. I love you. And I miss you. And I want your heart. I just don't want religious activity. I want your heart. Yeah, good. Go to, go to church. Do Christian things. Listen to Christian radio. But what I really want is your heart. That's what I'm after. God wants your heart. So here's the deal. If you're a Christian and you're here tonight, the, the invitation, the response to you that I would, I would like y'all to, to do and maybe think about is tonight, do you need to weep over your sin? And the fact that you have been satisfied with the call of lovers so less wild than God and say, God, I want to return to you and find my greatest joy in you. You may say, well, that seems selfish of God. There's nothing more satisfying than God. It's actually very incredibly loving for God to say, I want you to love me first. Because in loving him first, we are most satisfied. So tonight, maybe as a believer, you need to say, God, I want to return to you as the, the only and primary love in my life. So maybe that looks like just sitting where you're at and praying or singing. Maybe it, we're going to have... Um, some of our interns back in the back. Maybe it means going back and praying with one of them. I don't know. But I would encourage you to, to not get resaved. That's not a real thing. But maybe to repent and come back and say, God, I want to make sure I'm all in and giving you my heart. Some of you have, have grown up in the church. Man, there's so many, unfortunately, like in the Bible Belt, this is just a thing. But some of you have grown up in the church. And the reality is, um, one of my good friends, uh, she's here tonight. She got saved this past year and got baptized and really awesome. And she was talking to my wife and I um, in our house in the kitchen, telling us about how she became a Christian. And what she said was like hilarious and kind of weird. 
but it's so true. She said, you know, I've been like doing the church thing for a long time, but if I'm honest, I've been treating Jesus like a side hoe. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> all right, never been told that before. But you know what? I'm gonna be willing to bet a lot of y'all tonight, maybe that's been how you, that's how you treat Jesus. Like, you're not really in love with him. You've actually never really trusted Jesus. You just kind of treat him like a side hoe. Like, hey, when, I, when I want something from you, Jesus, I'll come hang out with you. But really, you're not the Lord of my life. I'm not madly in love with you. I haven't really understood the gospel. That though I'm wicked and sinful and act like a whore in my relationship with you, you pursue me to the point of death on a cross and love me. And so I want to give my life to you. Some of you haven't reached that point, And tonight is a great time to start, right? So, again, tonight, maybe for you, if that's you, I want to invite you to maybe go to the back and talk with one of our interns and say, hey, I, I mean, this would be a really weird thing to say. Maybe you could just say, I want to quit treating Jesus like a side hoe and actually know him. <laughs> then some of you are here tonight, and you would just admit, hey, I, I've never really even been interested in Jesus. Maybe for, maybe for two reasons. There could be lots of reasons, but maybe for two reasons. Maybe because you see Unfortunately, how God's people often act, and you're like, I don't want any part of that. Now I want to invite you tonight to see past that and not let our shortcomings keep you from coming to the one who is faithful and wants to love you and be in a relationship with you. Or maybe it's because the, maybe the other reason could be that you just felt like Christianity is all about a bunch of religion and rules and just you have to do all these certain things. I hope you see what I mentioned earlier tonight when I said this is for you and if you're not a believer is that the gospel, Christianity, is about the fact that God wants your heart even though it is sick and wicked and ugly and evil just like mine was before Christ. See, the cool thing about Hosea, if you read the whole story, it's actually one of the most beautiful and incredible love stories ever. And it's really one of the most beautiful, perfect pictures of grace. Because if you keep reading the story, you see that Though Hosea, excuse me, though Gomer was a prostitute and time and time again, I can't talk, sorry, time and time again ran from Hosea, that Hosea still pursued her and wooed her back to himself. See, that's what Jesus does for us. Though we run and run and run, he still pursues us. And I don't know what you've done tonight, but honestly, you couldn't tell me anything. You're like, yes, I could. I promise. You could not tell me anything that would shock me and like say, well, you're right. Jesus won't forgive you. No, nothing. You can't run too far. The cross is the proof of that. So maybe tonight you say, yeah, I'm going to quit running and just embrace that though I'm really messed up, just like everybody else in this room, that Jesus loved me, God himself, loved me to the point of death on a cross died for my sin, but didn't just stay dead. Three days later, he got up out of the grave, offering me victory and hope and forgiveness and purpose. And not just that, but a relationship. God wants your heart. So give it to him. I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to sing a little bit. And as we're singing, if you feel like you need to talk with someone, pray with someone, we're going to have some, like I said, some folks in the back. I'll be back there. We We would love to encourage you, answer any questions you have. And really, we're like, we're, just, we're here to serve you, to help you. This is not like, oh, you're coming back, now we're going to force something on you. No, we're just here to answer any questions you might have or pray for you. Um, and if that's not you, maybe just as we sing this song, you can just respond to what God's speaking to you and say, God, here's my heart. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for these folks tonight. And God, 
Thank you that you're willing to be honest with us and not just tell us things that we might want to hear to make us feel good, but to tell us the truth, God. Because in telling us the truth, you call us back to yourself and into hope and into life and into mercy and into grace. And so God, I pray that tonight as we sing these songs, just for a few more minutes, that we would be honest with you, we'd be honest with ourselves, that we would respond, God, whether that's to to turn to you for salvation or just to repent and say, God, I want to be all in with my heart. Help us to do that. It's in your beautiful and wonderful and powerful name that we pray. Amen.